Hi, and welcome to the Femme Factor podcast. We are your co-hosts, Dr. Laura and Dr. Nicole. This is a place for women just like you desiring to learn, be inspired, and find community. We'll be discussing everything from health, longevity, and aging, to mindset, high performance, and cycle syncing, to intuition and healing physically, emotionally, and spiritually. All from a lens that is based both upon the latest health research and feminine energetics. Blending equal parts scientific evidence and inner wisdom, we invite you to elevate your biology, empower your intuition, and embody your magic. Our guest today is Dr. Megan Daly. Dr. Megan is a seasoned physical therapist, educator, Olympic weightlifter, and freedom catalyst who believes that movement is medicine. Beyond physical movement, Dr. Megan implements pivotal emotional and mindset exercises in her Move on the Daily preventative care memberships to help active adults flourish. She's passionate about paying it forward and helping healthcare professionals discover healthier management strategies, pursuing their current field, or exploring new paths they've only dreamt of through her course offerings as a burnout and mindset coach. She also has published a journal on Amazon for the woman who wants to recognize the person in the mirror again. Dr. Megan is a free bird who loves travel, food, adventures in the outdoors, her fiance, Andres, and her corgi, Jinx. She lives in Scottsdale, Arizona. Without further ado, our episode with Dr. Megan Daly. I hope you enjoy this as much as we did. Welcome back to the Femme Factor podcast. And I am so excited to officially introduce our next guest, Dr. Megan Daly, one of my business besties who I have gotten to see just grow in so many different directions over the last few years. Megan, Nicole, and I are so excited that you are here on the show with us today. So thanks for being here. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm excited to talk to y'all. Love it. I also love when we have three doctors on this show. I just know it's <laughs> going to be a super nerdy conversation and, and three, all ladies, three Enneagram sevens today, everybody. So buckle up watch on out. what happens watch here. <laughs> buckle up. <laughs> so Megan, we always love to just start off with asking our guests to just share a little bit more about you and, and your story, things that you have found really meaningful in your life that have led you to this place where you are now helping so many women, so many healthcare providers with mindset work, with helping them set their boundaries to prevent the skyrocketing rates of burnout in those industries. And you just have all of these fun little twists and turns that you share with people, whether it's travel, whether it's jinx, your little corgi, anything else. So we would love to just start with some of your story. Yeah. I've been a doctor of physical therapy for close to a decade now. And the first couple of years were great. Like you can dive in, you can really help people, but you very quickly started, like I very quickly started to recognize that the system isn't set up for success. So about the same time that I was really starting to kind of battle that, I also found personal development and my dad got sick. So there was like this like triple whammy in, oh, that was early 2017 of finding personal development, kind of hitting a point at that point, I was two and a half years into being a physical therapist, which was like, I was go, go, go. I was overworking. I was 100% burnt out, but not recognizing it like, like a lot of clinicians don't recognize. And then we get the call that my dad has cancer. 
at the, we found out like later that month that it was three to six months to live. So I up and left my job. I actually worked something out where I could work for two weeks, fly back cross country. I'm from South Carolina. I live in Arizona now. Be his caregiver for two weeks and go back and forth until I could get a license there to practice. So in this chaos, for lack of a better word for it, and trying to work on personal development at the same time, I started to recognize a lot of patterns of how mental health and emotional health really are so intertwined in the physical health that they cannot be separated. I remember, Laura, I've told you this story. Like I had a patient once right before all this kind of started where she had such, such bad back pain, but she was like the person that you touch and she like jumped off the table. Like even if you were touching your shoulder, Um, it wasn't until I got so frustrated and fed up with like trying to figure out what was wrong with her that I just sat her down on a heat pack and chatted with her and let her unload on me with all the problems that she had. And her pain went from a 12 out of 10. we, We all know that patient to like a six out of 10. So that was like the first clue. And then going into my own personal development, I started to recognize these patterns, not only in physical health, but just in how we function in our day-to-day lives and patterns that we've brought along from childhood. So I, I actually just released a podcast episode where I talk about childhood trauma, including one that maybe six people total knew about prior to me releasing this podcast the stories that I created and how I allowed those stories and the expectations that were placed on me by family, by society to really determine where I had ended up in life of this staff clinician kind of doing what I was supposed to do and following the cookie cutter path. So then you break me out of this and have me flying back and forth, being a caregiver, really listening to my dad. I mean, if anyone's been a caregiver for a family member end of life and had conversations with them, the biggest thing that he was saying, like you could just hear the regret in his voice for not living his life for himself and for the people that he loved and allowing work to be the focus until he, like he retired a month before we got this information. So it was a very, like a big slap in the face and he was in so much pain that he couldn't even enjoy those last three to six months. So watching him go down that path was the catalyst for me to not only get really fed up with the healthcare system, but realize that no matter what, we have to live life for ourselves and for the ones that we love and stop worrying so much about the expectations that others are placing on us. Through all of this, I discovered that really that comes down to like a lot of mindset work and a lot of boundaries because you need to be really comfortable with yourself and really respect yourself enough to hold the boundaries in order to make the changes and grow into the person that you were actually meant to be and really let go of all those expectations. Like you cannot have that without working on yourself. So yeah, that's a really long winded way of like how I got into what I do now, which is I published a journal that is completely like it's for anyone, but it's, it's based on breaking up with expectations and figuring out what you really want. And then that kind of led into creating this course that's geared towards allied healthcare professionals. So PT, OT, Cairo, nurse practitioner, yada, all those on how to really get so centered in yourself and how to hold better boundaries so that you can really create the career path that you want, not the one that you were told you have to have based on your degree and create the boundaries needed to get there. And I think by doing that, by following your actual path and not the path that you think was your only option will help you avoid burnout. That is so powerful. Um, first of all, thank you for sharing your story and about your dad and the vulnerability about, you know, childhood trauma and what we carry in our 
physical bodies that, or our emotional bodies that manifest in a physical way. Um, I think that has been one of the biggest things in my life, um, undergoing, I mean, we all, I think the three of us sitting here have gone through some major traumatic experiences that have forced maybe us into setting boundaries, into looking at others' expectations of us and into finally saying, no, I'm not tolerating this anymore. And instead I'm going to really dig deep into what my intuition, into what my being needs and desires and if you're not on board, I love you and goodbye. And a lot of times it's fucking heartbreaking and scary. And it's such a relief all at the same time, which I think that being able to hold all of these different emotions in knowing you're doing the right thing for yourself. And yet you have to cut certain things or people out. That's where it's so important. Like you said, where this personal growth and development and how do I support myself through this journey really comes in because we can cut people off. And I think I did this like 18 years ago when I left a cult and, but I didn't have any tools, you know, I just knew I had to get out and I didn't care what was on the other side. I could not stay. And now so many years later, now I'm finding all these tools of growth, development, community, belonging, you know, looking at our shadow work and seeing what, where are the traumas stored in my body and how to move those through. And so, yeah, I thank you so much for sharing that. And I think it's such a welcome conversation, um, not only amongst us three, but amongst our listeners and, and in the general community at, at large. Yeah. I think that's just such a beautiful reminder that we're all way more alike than we realize. Like everyone struggles with this stuff. And I have this conversation constantly with clients that I work with about how they feel bad holding a boundary and they feel like they're letting the other person down or whatever. Like, but by not holding a boundary, I think you kind of just touched on this in a different way, but beautifully, like you're letting yourself down if you don't do it. And what I have found time and time again, is if it's the right thing for you, if the boundary is important for you, it is the best thing for everyone. It's just may not seem like it in real time and it doesn't make it easier, but it is going to be the best thing overall. I also, I love when someone sets a boundary with me, like when I see a client or a girlfriend and they set a boundary, I'm like, damn girl, that feels good. Like, and that's, this is why I love entrepreneurs because we take experiences that we had that, that you wouldn't wish on anyone, pain, burnout, heartbreak, whatever that looks like. And we try and create ways to help other people learn those tools so that they don't have to have the same experience. That's what I just heard, Nicole, when you were saying that, Megan, I know that's what you're doing with your incredible course now, um, for healthcare professionals is, Hey, do these so that you don't have to experience what I did, what all of these other, you know, doctors and practitioners who are literally leaving their profession entirely because they didn't have these tools. They didn't understand that it could be different. And it's, I'm I'm also laughing in the back of my head because all three of us, I think, took very different career trajectories than we initially <laughs> went to our doctoral programs for. I don't know if any of us are doing the same things we thought we would be doing, nope. um, but I have a sneaky feeling 
it's because of those journeys, right? Because we, we, we met walls that we didn't like that didn't make us feel good. We, we hit burnout and we thought, okay, there has to be a better way to, to spend our years so that we don't look back down the road and are like, oh my gosh, why did I, why did I spend decades of my time doing something that made me miserable and tired and frustrated and didn't let me really experience life. So that's just, I think such a powerful lesson that you took from your own experiences and are trying to help other, other people with. I just really admire that. Thank you. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of healthcare professionals that I work with that this has allowed them to stay in the profession. Like it is something that is for them and they do love it. And it's just the fact that like they needed the tools so that, cause I feel like what a lot of healthcare professionals do is they, they're like, okay, I just need a different clinic. I just need just need to be in this kind of environment. And they still go to the environment where it's still kind of, whether it's a cookie cutter clinic, but it's not one that really fits what they need. Or often it's one that doesn't have the same values as them. That's something that I preach big time is like if the environment that you're trying to work in does not have the same values that you really hold dear, it's a mismatch and it's not going to work. And so I, I've seen this time and time again, where a clinician's like, well, maybe I'll add this in, or maybe I'll go add a nutrition certification for PTs, or maybe I'll I'll get certified for neuro, or maybe like they just try to grasp it. Like, what's the, what's the thing that I can add to my resume or what's the clinic that maybe has a slightly better prestige or something that's gotta be better. And they just fall into the same patterns because they haven't done the work on themselves. They haven't laid the solid foundation of mindset and boundaries and all the tools, nervous system regulation, like all the things that we know that you really need in order to feel really good with where you're at, wherever that is. Yeah. You hit the nail on the head. Um, environment and values. I think so many of us just bypass that for whatever reason, either we're told to, or we don't take the time to do it, or it's kind of scary. Like to get to know mm -hmm. yourself can be like really nerve wracking. Like, I don't know if I want to know that about <laughs> myself. I don't know if I want to uncover what that might reveal. Yeah. Um, and I mean, we all know people, right. They can't handle even having two hours of nothing on their schedule because what are they going to do with themselves? And it's like, well, there's so much, but are you willing to like dig in a little deeper? And that's where the courage and the bravery. And unfortunately I know, um, in my case, but maybe with all of us here, like sometimes we weren't. We didn't have the resources to realize like, okay, I'm going to take a, these little steps and work my way through in a, a really lovely way. Instead, it was like, holy shit, get me out of this and jump into yeah. the fire because what I'm in is so dangerous right now. It doesn't matter. Like I'm just jumping off the cliff and whatever comes, comes. And thankfully, like we found personal development <laughs> and all of these things. And that was the net that caught us and others, <laughs> Laura's cracking up, and others <laughs> that like helped to catch us. But I, sometimes I felt like, yeah, I was that person with my hair on fire and just like, get me the F out because I don't know what else to do. <laughs> yeah, no, it's 100% true. And like, I've known enough of Laura's story to know that all three of us, they kind of felt the same way. And that's what I don't necessarily want people to have to do. Like, don't get to the breaking point where you're running around with your head on thank fire. Thank you. Thank you for like, this. <laughs> <laughs> like, let learn from us, like learn from the other stories, learn the tools so that you don't have to get to that extreme breaking point to make 
like make a change for yourself, like trust and believe in yourself. And I think it's really interesting that you brought up the fact that people are legitimately scared to be in their own heads or with themselves. And I do think some of that is society and just kind of how we function nowadays and how there's always something that can, whether it's Netflix or scrolling on Instagram, like, or listening to music, like it's something as simple as that. I, I was laughing at a meme earlier that I saw that talked about like, yes, thank you for playing your music at the beach. I didn't want to listen to the waves and my own thoughts. I wanted to listen to your playlist that you could listen to anywhere. And I lost it laughing because it's like, it's so true. Like at the end of the meme, it said, because you would rather not deal with the couple of minutes of being by yourself. And I think that's so on point. And I, I kind of naturally fell into being okay with being alone and being by myself partially because I got so, so we're all Enneagram sevens. So I loved the idea of like taking off and traveling and doing something exciting, not a shocker for a seven. And I got so fed up with waiting on someone else to be willing to join that. I was like, screw it. I'm going. And this was like in college. And so I just started traveling, but I had to solo travel because no one was willing. Like I couldn't trust anyone around me to commit to the trip. So I just started doing it on my own. And if you start traveling by yourself to somewhere where you know, no one, you don't know the area, like this was was this 2008? So yeah, I mean, yes, we had the internet, but like, it wasn't like Facebook was kind of a thing. Instagram definitely wasn't. I was having to use various things to like find what I was going to do. I had to just kind of like walk around the city, randomly talk to strangers, be okay with being by myself. And I mean, I've done that. I think I'm at 20 countries now. So, and then I solo backpack. So it's like, but I was almost forced into it. And then I recognized very quickly how much I had to very quickly learn about myself and be okay with myself. And anytime, like I've talked with Laura about this too, if I start getting stressed or kind of getting caught on the hamster wheel of society and entrepreneurship and cl being a clinician and insert thing here, I'm like, okay, cool. I need to go disappear and actually be able to sit with my own thoughts for a little bit. And then I'll recalibrate. I think I've collected myself enough to respond now. I was losing it before. I literally, when, when you guys were talking about just being like thrown into the fire of being alone with yourself, I was like, I, I admire all of my friends right now who are in their early thirties and like they have families and businesses. And like when I turned 30, I was like that meme of the dumpster on fire, like rolling down a hill into the ocean, like, like just, just thrown into it. Like, Oh, this is life now. So I, I love that you just brought up this concept of traveling and intentionally being alone. And I want to share with people, like, if that is uncomfortable for you, like, yes, like Nicole said earlier, some of us got thrown into that because we were just trying to leave like a very terrible situation. And I know my personal journey with that is I went from being in a really unhealthy relationship where I was lonely because someone isolated me to all of a sudden intentionally being alone, moving to a new city alone, traveling alone, because I had to get comfortable with being alone on my terms. And that was super uncomfortable at first, even though I did have the internet by that point, that was really only like five years ago. So I wasn't like Megan just wandering around with like, I don't know, Megan, I'm picturing you with like MapQuest printed directions, get like before. <laughs> and it, for me, that was such a scary experience, but it also really, it let me get away from that pattern of having to fill my schedule with doing something 
doing something just to avoid doing nothing. And I think so many of us have done that or currently do that without even realizing it. And we just say, oh, we're just so busy, but we're not really busy. We're just avoiding getting in touch with ourselves, like the beautiful parts, the not so beautiful parts, the traumatized parts, the healing parts. And like, that is uncomfortable. And it it kind of breaks my heart a little bit when I like, sometimes I'll see people on social media be like, I would never travel alone. I could never do it. I would hate that. Oh, you're exactly the person that really should try that at least once just to like see what happens. And, you know, that's something I've seen on your journey, Megan, is this solo travel. And I know lots of people reach out and ask you, like, how do you get how do you get started? Like, what's the first step do I take? Do I just book a plane ticket? Like, how do I, how do I be brave enough to do that? And I know that that's something that you're trying to guide people on with, you know, whether it's with itineraries or things like that. And I see your photos of places you're, you're gone, you have gone. And I definitely want your travel itineraries. I know that <laughs> much. Yeah, it's, it's fun. It's not something I've necessarily been like officially doing as part of my business, but it's something that I've done for a long time for friends. And so I'm trying to figure out how to incorporate it because I love it so much. And I agree. It's my biggest piece of advice. And I remember when I was still very much just a corporate clinician, I was on a podcast and I got asked like, what's your number one piece of advice for everyone? I was like, you need to solo travel. I think everyone at some point should solo travel and just have to figure out what they want to do without taking someone else into consideration. That's another, that's, it's part of why solo travel works so well for figuring out who you really are is you don't have anyone else to be like, well, they want to do this, or, you know what, you would really love this. Let's do that. No, what do I want to do? And a lot, I think what's scary is the first time that I, I did solo travels, like, Ooh, I, I don't actually know. Like, I'm not sure. Like, there's all these things that sound cool, but what is it really that I want to do? And I think my biggest tip for people on how to get started is find what is uncomfortable, but doable. So for a lot of people, even just having to like look up the plane ticket is might feel overwhelming and that's okay. What about finding a nearby town that you could go do a solo day trip to, or go like, so I mentioned that I solo backpack. The biggest thing that I tell people if they really want to get into solo backpacking Cause that is, that's a different level of like variables to consider and safety and whatnot is just go car camp by yourself. Make sure it's car camping though. So that then if you freak out about having a tent or sleeping in a hammock or whatever, you have the car to like bail into. So you feel a little bit more secure. Um, I will fully admit I bailed into the car the first time I solo camped. It's okay. We're human. Things make noises. I also recommend taking like something for white noise, like put it on your phone because otherwise a leaf rattling will freak you out. So, but for solo travel, find something that's uncomfortable, like just outside of your comfort zone, but also feels doable. With that said, I am a giant proponent for get yourself so far away from your normal environment that you can't easily bail back to it or bail out of it. So like, that's where I do like the idea of the plane ticket. Because a drive, it's easy to push that off or change your plans versus having this plane ticket to this place that you're not familiar with. And then it kind of forced, like, you don't really bail out of plane tickets these days. The airlines make it incredibly hard to do so. Um, So chances are you're going to actually take the trip. It doesn't have to be like, all right, no one has to do my first one, which was like, what, what was it? Northern Ireland, I think was my first one. I moved to Belfast. I legitimately moved to Belfast for a a semester. That was like my first solo trip. Um, Does not have to be that extreme. Make it like flying to Montana. If you've always wanted to go to Glacier National Park, cool, go to Glacier. 
like pick somewhere that you've wanted to go that you just haven't made the time for and find a weekend and pick a flight. I love this. Um, I am smiling so big right now because my first trip after I, you know, escaped <laughs> was Peru for three and a half weeks. And so it was like, that's so good. Right. But, but yeah. it's so, and again, like you were saying, it doesn't have to be that extreme. You don't have to leave the continent unless you want to, but what happens on the other side of the simple questions of what do I want to eat? When do I want to get up? What do I want to see? Those baby steps, those foundational steps, especially if you were in a situation where you felt like you had no control of what your life was, that is where on the other side, such empowerment comes. And then what builds from these smaller questions and answers of where do I want to go today? Or how am I feeling tired or more adventurous? Or do I want this type of food or that type of food? And just these simple yes and no. And what do I want answers then opens us up to become more trusting, more curious, not so afraid that I'm going to maybe F something up because I chose the wrong thing. And then we get into the deeper questions where we're like, what do I want to do with my life? Who do I want to stay with? Who do I want to let go of? Or what do I want to let go of? And then when we get to those bigger questions, we feel so much more solidified and stable in our deep knowing that we can go out and ha- and and know that we'll be okay no matter what, like we can trust ourselves. And so, yeah, I, I just solo travel. I mean, the three of us on here, I feel like we, we are just the ones that are proponents of it. Like if anyone wants to solo travel, reach out to any of us and we will be like, (laughs) you got this, let's do it. I'll be here. You can WhatsApp me if you're scared, whatever it is, because it's such a powerful, powerful, um, experience, I think for sure. No, I, I think you hit the nail on the head as far as building that self-trust or even just the the trust in that, okay, I do actually know what I want. And a little bit more of that clarity and that understanding because it is something, like you said, it's as simple as what do I want to eat? And then that is what gets you to the, okay, what do I actually want to do? Like I legitimately, there's no way to know this for sure, but I would wonder if I would actually have gone into entrepreneurship if I had had such a background in solo travel and being able to answer those questions and really being able to recognize what I want and what I don't want. Like, would I have jumped into opening up a clinic? Would I have jumped into, like the journal was literally like something that downloaded at 2 a.m. I woke up and wrote the whole thing in like a day. Like, or would I have launched the course? Would I have had the guts to recognize that that's what I want? And that's what I felt called to do. I don't know the answer to that without something like solo travel to give me the self-trust that was needed to launch into that. Yeah. It's like when you start doing one kind of scary thing and face that fear, it it kind of brings down those walls around, oh, what, what else have I never considered? Because it seemed too far away. It seemed unreachable. It seemed scary and not meant for me, but really I had to just start kind of like getting my feet wet with, with that kind of discomfort. And I, 
I think a lot of this comes back to something else that you, you are so good at, which is mindset work around it. Because I do think that the fears and the being uncomfortable, so much of that is, are these scenarios that we create with our own thoughts, right? Like it's, it's not, it's not really anything that's, that's happening out there. It's just situations that we're unsure of. So it's like, (laughs) I'm getting the image of like a cold plunge. It's like cold plunging for your brain, your fear, because it's like, you're doing something so uncomfortable with your physical body by traveling, by being alone, but it's allowing you to start changing your thoughts and your perceptions and your ideas of things. And sometimes you need both. You need to literally move your physical body to start Mm -hmm. opening the mind to these other ideas. And like you said, like you might've never even thought that these were possibilities for you. If you hadn't, you hadn't started just getting uncomfortable in that way. Yeah. I actually really love the cold plunge analogy. Like it's, it's actually spot on because who really likes that initial, like getting into the cold? No one does, but we love how we feel afterwards enough to keep going back and doing it. And now at this point, I will fully say, cause again, I've, I've done like 20 countries at this point and but that nervousness that you feel when you're like first like going onto the plane to go on your solo trip, like that doesn't really go away actually. That kind of is still there, but it's just mixed with enough excitement because you know what you're going to get to experience and how you're going to grow. Um, and I'm gonna circle back to the minds, bringing up mindset. Um, there's something you said, I cannot remember ADHD catch caught in. There was something you said that made me think of this though, where one of the, one of my favorite mindset shifts for people to have is replacing the word, but with, and so the number of people that I've heard say, I would love to solo travel, but I'm afraid, or I would love to solo travel, but I have the kids. I would love to solo travel, but insert reason here and switching that to, and it's not negating whatever is coming after that, but, but it's just switching it to like, I want to solo travel and I don't have the time. Okay that opens up your brain to creating the possibilities of, okay, where can I make the time? Where am I really going back to what you said about like, oh my gosh, I'm so busy. The number of people that say that, that are truly not really productive. They're just creating busyness to stay busy. You can find time. Like whatever the reason is that you're holding yourself back, start to using the word and allows you to start to recognize where that's actually coming from and get curious about what's underneath it and then allow the mental white space that you need to create the possibilities to still have those two maybe be true but be able to coexist in a way where you can actually still do the thing that it is that you say you want to do yeah that's such a great shift from but to and Um, another one i like to say is you can add yet to it, Mm -hmm. to something, right? Blah, blah, blah. Yet. I'm not ready to solo travel yet. (laughs) I don't want to X, Y, Z yet, or I don't have enough time yet. And, um, it's just like you said, it doesn't have to take us going, you know, to a 10 day long, the, uh, Vipassana, you know, the silent meditation where you're just sitting with yourself and that's it on the top of a mountain with some guru, (laughs) right? Like, like you can, that might be a goal. No, me neither. Not these three sevens. We could stay quiet (laughs) for maybe 30 seconds and we'd probably be asleep. Um, um, but but that was just it. Like these baby steps in mindset and like, I love Carol Dweck's book on mindset, right? Yeah, the growth I love hers, fix. yeah. 
And that's such, that's a great place for anyone listening who maybe aren't sure, like, what is mindset and what does that mean? And going from a fixed mindset to a growth mindset, just through being open and curious and willing to learn and willing to fail or maybe mess up, um, opens us up to so much more growth and getting to know ourselves and trust and helping others um, because we're not afraid of what might happen. And so we're not like, it takes away the perfectionist in us all, especially I think solo travel is so much like that because you know, what if like the flight's delayed or you miss your flight or who knows? Like, I remember on my trip to Peru, I was late and I had to put on my hiking boots and I didn't tie my shoes all the way very well. And as I was running, I tripped and I fell face Fat, flat, face first, flat on my face and my knees, they were messed up. And then I got back up and I was running and then I finally got to the gate and it was delayed. And I was like, oh, okay. But just knowing like, yeah, like, okay, I could have been totally upset. And and I was like, no, all right, this is just can't, hopefully it can't get much worse than this. Like the worst thing happened. That's what I love to say on a trip. Like, where's the worst thing that happened? All right. We got it behind us and now let's keep going. But I, I think, yeah, that mind's up just tiny and I'm getting off on a little tangent here too, but those (laughs) tiny little shifts in what comes out of our mouth, as well as what we're thinking. And I think there's something in there too, with the just taking action whether it's going on the solo trip, whether it's figuring out what you want to do in your career. I mean, Laura and I have talked about this a lot with entrepreneurship and it's something that I talk about a ton in my courses. Like you don't have to know the bigger picture. You don't have to know the full plan. You don't have to know every little detail. Like I'm sure I know I've done this with traveling where I like plan out every single day and like pack it jam full. And then I can't really ever be present because I'm too worried about what's next. And we do this in our businesses sometimes too. And I know the healthcare providers that I work with 100% do this. Like they won't leave the corporate clinic that they're not happy at until they know the full picture of where they're going. And I'm like, you don't need to know that yet. You just need to know what feels right next. That's all you need to know. And I I do think that comes down to like really being comfortable with the mindset and boundaries in order to acknowledge what is next and then being able to take that step. I love that concept so much because I think the, the opposite scenario, the one where, where, like you said, people need to know the next step. They need to know exactly how things are going to turn out before taking action. I think that's a major root of there's so much anxiety for so many people out there is. You you can never predict what's going to happen. You can try and plan to the best of your ability, but there's way too many variables in life that you just cannot try and control. And like, oh, maybe that's really what it comes down to. It was like feeling like you have a sense of control versus if you don't have that plan, like it can be uncomfortable admitting that we're like tiny little specks on a rock flying through space. Like we really don't have as much control over these things as we think, but what we no, do have, really. right? Like the only things we do have control over is like, what's up here? Like, what, what are we thinking? How are we perceiving things? What is our relationship with ourselves, our thoughts and all of that? So Megan, maybe you can help out with a starting point. I'm thinking of, so if you're listening to this and you're like, okay, yes, something is like ringing an alarm bell in my head. I need to get a little bit more in touch with some of these things, whether that is solo travel, whether that is the mindset work to be open to something like solo travel, or, you know, being able to release some of this need to control every outcome. Like 
where would it start? Because I know the three of us here were, were laughing earlier, but it's funny and it's not funny. Like we, we were kind of thrust into these situations by dramatic things that we wouldn't wish on anybody. But if you have control over stepping into like, oh, okay, well, I'm ready to kind of be open to these things. Like, where do they start? Do they start with just a mindset exercise? Do they just, you know, rip off the bandaid, book a plane ticket? Is there anything that they should consider if a listener is like, I I just don't know what works for me? Like, where's the starting point for them? Yeah, that's such a great question and such a hard one to answer because it's going to be so vastly different for everyone. And I think the biggest thing is if you can just kind of pay attention to what keeps showing up, like what keeps kind of showing up in your world. Is it like I was just talking with a friend the other day, like my actually two, I've got two examples of this. I have someone that just signed up for my course but it's because she noticed that my content, like it kept popping up and she's like, okay, fine universe. I'm listening. And conversely, another friend like finally bought a book because it kept showing up like in random things. And she's like, okay, cool. Like, I guess I need this book. Let's, let's read it. And that sounds kind of woo woo, but it's 100% been true with every single thing that if like, if something keeps showing up for me, I'm like, cool. All right. Let's, Let's maybe lean into this a little bit and see what's there. So if you keep having Peru pop up on your Instagram and show up in conversations and show up on podcast suggestions or whatever it is, maybe booking a random flight to Peru is the thing for you. Maybe, maybe it is mindset work. Like it just so happened because yes, I kind of got thrusted into needing something because of a traumatic event, but also around the same time I was hearing about the landmark forum on repeat randomly from various people, which is one of those like deep dive weekend, like mindset things. So now part of why I created the journal that I did was so that people have like a starting place that they're recognizing that their life is completely built on the expectations of others. So it does have a ton of the exercises, almost, almost all of the exercises that I used in my personal development journey to figure out what it is really that I want. Like the journal has all of those things. So shameless plug for that as like a great starting point. Um, but I really think it really does come down to what are you feeling most called to? Because some people are going to need the mindset course. Some people are going to need a book. I think there's a number of really, really great books, but one thing that I've noticed is there are so many and it's just going to be whichever one you find out. Like, I love The Power of Now is one. There's another one called Untethered. Like, there are so many good books. I know someone that we met through, Lindsay Schwartz, loves the book The Big Leap. When I read that book, it was kind of like, okay, cool. Like, this is great. But I've read 10 others that kind of say the same thing in a different fashion. So, like, it's going to hit people differently. So, it's not like a, you have to read, this is the book in order to get started. And there's going to be other people that can read all the books, but until they take the solo trip, those books aren't really going to hit home. So yeah, I would say look around you, like start paying attention to your surroundings and what keeps popping up for you and kind of lean into that a little bit more. Such, such great advice. And I was just thinking of the books and there was this meme we shared with each other about our emotional support book stack sitting next to our bed. (laughs) Emotional support (laughs) books. And then emotional support, like journal graveyard. No oh my gosh. Yeah. hundred percent. Partially finished journal graveyard. Embarrassing. Right? <laughs> almost embarrassing yeah. to admit. Um, <laughs> so we would love for you to shamelessly plug all the things. So please, <laughs> I mean, you have the journal, but um, anything that 
you have also with the course where people can find you. Um, yeah, anything to share your magic with others, please tell. Far as what I'm working on and what offerings I have right now, I'm really excited about these, I guess transformation calls is really the best way I have to describe them. It is making whatever 180 it is that you're really desiring in within 180 minutes. So what does that mean? That means generally it's going to be, you're the person or the woman who you're probably in a male dominated industry. Now, granted, that's most industries, let's be real. But that means you're in a situation where maybe you're kind of looked down on, or you feel like you have to overwork to kind of prove yourself, or you feel like you're really in this hustle mentality and you don't even know how to get out of it and how to lean more into the feminine. And that has brought up some kind of block. Like you recognize that you want something more and you don't know how to get there slash you're getting in your own way. So I take you through 180 minutes, 90 minutes of it is work that I give you pre and post and 90 minutes of it is a deep dive call where we go through action steps together and really get you clarity and then an action plan to get to wherever it is that you want to be without allowing yourself to get or life in general to get in your own way. So I'm really excited about those. Um, I, it's exactly, it's the thing that I wish I had when I was first getting started. And actually, I really kind of wish I had this through any and every pivot that I've ever made. So I'm so, so excited to really offer this back to women. And yeah, DM me on Instagram. I am very open on Instagram. It's move on the daily spelled like my last name. And I mean, hell, if you're someone like, especially the solo travelers, like anything with travel, hit me up. Like I said, I am doing, I've done some personalized itineraries in the past. I don't mind doing that. I love doing that kind of stuff. So, and I just love chatting. I love connecting with new people. So hit me up on Instagram to check out the journal. I would love to connect. I'll add another shameless plug for you, Megan. Megan also launched her own podcast recently called oh, Human yeah. on the Daily. So I will make sure that we put the link to that as well, because if you loved this conversation, I know that you're going to love the episodes on her podcast as well. Thank you so much. You're like, yes. oh yeah, I oh, did no, do I that. Right? About it. <laughs> Even though I literally just recorded a podcast episode before jumping on this. <laughs> Oh, that's, that's all right. We all have short attention spans here. <laughs> right? Where am I? <laughs> Who are you? <laughs> um, what podcast so is we this? Love, right? <laughs> Wait a minute. I think I need to be somewhere. Um, so one thing we do ask, and I want to ask it before any of us forget, all of our guests, Megan, is if there was one piece of advice or one thing you would love to tell younger Megan, and that could have been you know, little baby Megan, high school Megan, grad school Megan, Megan from last week, what would that piece of advice be? So this is another one, like it's so good and so hard all at the same time. Um, so the one piece of advice I would want to give a younger version of me is I would love the version of me that was going like in the college slash going into grad school phase I would love to go back and give myself the advice of it all works out. Just do what's best for you and the rest will fall in place because the number of times that I got far too worked up about what other people were thinking and what other people were doing. And it honestly limited me 
to the point now, like that's part of why I'm so big on boundaries now is because boundaries allow me to create that distance and really do what's best for me. And what's amazing is I have so much better connections since doing that. The great people have come into my life since doing that. It's transformative. It really is. Like there's no substitute for just being okay with being yourself, regardless of the expectations or opinions of others. Sage, sage advice that we all need to hear that we need to go tell our daughters, our teenagers, everyone else who's out there. Um, cause that's how we start changing all of that. So thank you for sharing that. Megan, thank you so much for coming on with us today. This was such a great conversation. I can't wait for our listeners to go check out all you have to offer. And I am feeling inspired to go jump on a travel website and figure out where I'm going next after this conversation. Wait, let's go. I'm excited. <laughs> This podcast is for general information and educational purposes only. It should not be considered medical advice and or treatment. Although we are both doctors, we are not medical doctors or your medical doctor. What has been discussed should not take the place of your personal medical professional's advice, treatment, diagnosis, or care. If you love this podcast as much as we do, please take the time to subscribe, share, rate and review. And we'd love if you would follow us over on Instagram. Our handles are at dr.lauradecessoris and at Dr. Nicole Marcioni, or you can just click on the links in our show notes.